are listening to the Jersey Guys Podcast, the show that talks about hard rock, heavy metal, AOR, and West Coast music. In-depth conversation and special guests are always on tap, so settle in and turn it up. Now, here are your hosts, Tom and Mark. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Jersey Guys podcast. This is Mark Ballow. I'm here with my co-host, Tom Coyne, as always. Uh, we had a little bit of an extended layoff uh, here, but uh, we're back, back with a brand new episode. And uh, what we thought we would do tonight, and this is something that Tom brought up a little while ago, uh, have more of a free-form discussion on something uh, related to music. We've done album discographies by bands. We've done, we've had special guests, of course, come in here. But Tom said, you know, maybe let's do something where we have a little more of a free-form discussion on maybe a particular artist, singer, guitar player, something like that. Uh, of course, if you're following along on our YouTube page and you're watching this, you're seeing the banner and you know. But uh, we're talking about tonight, we figured we'd start with a discussion on the British singer, Tony Mills. Uh, Tony, of course, was in the band Shy, famous for that. Uh, went on to record some albums with TNT. But in between that, he had a bunch of solo albums. He's been a guest on uh, a number of albums. He's had a couple other band projects that he's done along the way over the years. So we thought we would talk about that. So, Tom, what was your kind of uh, idea when you thought of this to kind of do this sort of topic and, and this discussion? Well, I, I wanted to get somebody that was known but unknown, if, if you know what I mean. And this guy, I think, has pretty much always been a cult figure in the hard rock AOR uh, community. Never really took off in the States, where in Europe, Japan, and other parts of the world, he's, he's pretty much a household name for people into hard rock. So I, I obviously didn't want to do something, you know, where we talk about Steve Perry or, you know, that is yeah. young for an hour. <laughs> so I wanted to go a little bit more, um, not totally obscure because then you lose a lot of people. I wanted to get somebody that people know, at, at best are very familiar with or at least have heard the name and hopefully uh, familiarize people and maybe uh, open up uh, his music to a lot of other people. And for people that are familiar with him, uh, hopefully they'll enjoy what we have to talk about and uh yeah so i i kind of there were a few artists i was thinking about but uh, i i know we both had a mutual uh love and respect from uh tony mills so i figured this would be perfect guy to start off now i mean basically and i said that when we started i guess the the most popular band that he did was and the band he started with uh was shy right yes um so i mean talk about like the the band shy i mean when did you get turned on to them Probably mid eighties. I, I I actually did not come on board with the first album. I, I think it was one of those things where I, I came on to the second album and found out that back then the first album was on the um, Ebony Records, which anybody <laughs> familiar with Ebony Records had a lot of excellent artists back in the early eighties: Blade Runner, uh, Grim Reaper. To, just to name two, but we're notorious for uh, bad production and even yes. worse and even worse distribution.
So <laughs> I, honestly, I, I didn't know this album from the get-go. I would probably say from recollection, it was the second album that I got familiarized uh, with them. Yeah. Now the first that the debut was on, on Ebony was uh, 1983, right? That that came out. Was it, yeah, 82 yeah. or 83. I'm not sure. Yeah. That's like you said. I mean, there's actually some really good songs on that. Oh, album, yeah. It's terrific. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, the production is just. Eat. The production is bad. Uh, but that kind of was like almost what Ebony became known for. Yeah. I, and you just expected it. And, and, and after the years, it became redeeming. There was just something about it that just was, it didn't even bother me. Like the Grim Reaper albums were the same way. They were so strong. And that, that, that tinny production that went along with it just was, I don't know, like after all these years, there's just something uh, endearing about it. Yeah. Well, like you said, and then the, the follow-up, the, the next two albums was kind of where the band made their name, right? Um, 85 with uh, Brave the Storm and then 87 with Excess All Areas. Um, so th those two albums are probably where I guess you know, the band made their name. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, there was also a change in, um, in style. I, I think the first record was a little bit more, uh, it, it was melodic hard rock, but it had it had the obvious uh, new wave of British heavy metal influences also, which was interesting. Yeah, because of that time period. Because of the time period. And, and also that label, because that everything that was on that label was, you know, pure new wave of British heavy metal sounding. Yeah. So some songs had that sound. Some songs you could see the beginnings of Shy, of what they were to be with the Patty McKenna key, signature keyboard sound. And um, yeah, first album's great. For what it was, it, it was great. And... Um, yeah, then they, they started to develop the signature sound on the second album, Brave the Storm, which is which is a very good record. Oh, yeah. No, I, I Brave the Storm and Excess All Areas, I, I love those albums. And again, they were they were albums I kind of got, wasn't introduced or wasn't aware of them at that time because right. I, I wasn't into, I was, you know, not an import guy, you know, not getting this stuff in America. Uh, I actually didn't become aware of Tony Mills and Shy until the, the fourth album, which was Misspent Youth. Because they actually released that in America at that point, if you everybody recalls in America, American it, it went by the name of uh, Shy England. Shy right? England. I actually that. have a Shy England T-shirt. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. yeah. So it's like that. That actually was where I was turned on to the band. I remember was it "Give It All You Got" yep. was the the single and the video at that time. And uh, I actually was lucky enough to see the band in 1990 uh, open up for Enough's Enough here in America, a small little club in uh, New Jersey. That, that's great. Studio I never got One. to see. I, I never saw them live. Yeah. I mean, they played over here so so briefly. Yeah. Like, like a lot of the British bands of, of that era. Um, the second album, I was a big fan of. Uh, the third album, uh, to me, is to this day, is, is a mega classic. One of the signature melodic hard rock albums out of England oh, yeah. for that time period.
Yeah, Excess All Areas is is it's just yeah, it's a it's a classic. What do you what do you call it? Melodic hard rock or, or whatever. Yeah, melodic hard rock. They were a little too too edgy to be called just straight out AOR. Although right. there, there were songs that were AOR. He certainly had an AOR voice. Yeah. Uh this album was almost like I, I would go so far to say was a groundbreaking album for the time. Yeah. There were a couple of them, you know, and just off the top of my head, you know, the Air Race, mm-hmm. uh the first Virginia Wolf, um the um Tobrook. Mm. There, there were a bunch of them, but this this one was really with the production. It had the uh, the Neil Kernan production, which yeah. was always a big favorite producer of mine. He was always able to get that big bottom end and also the the big bright uh, highs. This is a terrific album. It's I could go on for for hours about anybody that doesn't have it mm-hmm. that's remotely interested in. in I, I would say almost to start off with yeah. this album. Yeah, excess all areas. Uh, 1987 so yeah brilliant stuff so like i said then then they went on their fourth album was actually misspent youth um right. which, which i said came out in america they toured in america for a little bit I guess that was kind of like the kind of the end of the band, right? With Tony Mills at that point. Yeah. Because they the next album came out in like 1994, Welcome to the Madhouse, and that had a different singer. Yeah, the uh, Misspent Youth album, I, I liked it, but I I thought it was definitely a come down from. Oh yeah, from it was it was album. it was geared probably towards the American. It was geared audience, toward the you know, at least that's what it to make seemed a, like, right? Yeah. It, it it seemed to be. Cock little, Rocky. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. which was never, I mean, that's never been Tony Mills's forte. Exactly, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that, yeah. It, yeah, it seemed to be a little cliched, Yep. you know? You could see that their image on the back was a little bit more rough and tumble, almost a little like that Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora mm-hmm. look. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, was selling big at the time. It, it, it's okay, there's a couple of good songs on it. It's not something I go back to regularly. I don't really think... It's yeah. them. I think they were a little out of character on this right. album, yeah. which probably led to, you know, them, I'm assuming maybe having problems with the label um, and changing singers, too. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah that that's when John Ward was, became the yes. singer. Yeah. yeah. Which I like that album even less. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's, <laughs> that was a total departure. I mean, you talk about the band changing sounds. I mean, that was more like a, almost like a sleazy sort yeah, of. Yeah, kind of like, an, a, a, like a wannabe Tiger Tales, I yeah. guess. Or, but nowhere near as good as Tiger Tales. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I'm assuming because Ward was more in that. Um, well, he came from that. I mean, he sang in some bands that had that right. sort of background. He sang it on an American, right off the top of my head, one of the demos that we've converted over the years, and for, he sang in an, an American band also that never got signed. Steve Harris wrote basically every song. I, I, Ward brought very little to the table in terms of songwriting. Now, as as more of a fan, like I said, I, I wasn't really in tune with the the two previous albums that before Misspent Youth, um, and I guess you know you obviously were. Talk about the songwriting. Was Tony Mills and Steve Harris, who was a guitar player in Shy, were they the the main writers? Yeah, but I, I uh, or more McKen so McKenna wrote. Oh, okay, Patty McKenna. Mm -hmm. uh, later on, Roy Davis, the bass player, wrote. Um, McKenna wrote a fair amount of their earlier stuff and, uh, Roy Davis was there like from right when they had changed singers again, Yeah, when they had Lee Small, but yeah. it's the, Steve Harris, much like the Steve Harris of Iron Maiden has <laughs> always been the main guy in this band. Yeah. Everything went through him. You know, there's no question about it, it was his band. So uh, Misspent Youth came out, um, 1989, uh, Tony Mills at that point leaves. They do another album a few years later with a different singer. Welcome to the Madhouse. Yeah. Welcome to the Madhouse. Yeah. But then what? What did so Mills went on to do? Siam. Yes. Ninety mid nineties, right at that yeah. point. And the Siam albums are interesting for for a Tony Mills fan. I guess it's it's kind of different than anything else he's ever done, right? I mean, for the most yeah, part. Yeah. Well, it's. Yes, it's very uh, for anybody that's not familiar with them. They're they're very Queensrÿche. With a lot of those bands that we liked from the USA, like uh, Hitman and Lethal, mm -hmm. uh, had a lot of those influences. And he he had perfect vocals for that. So it was it was a great avenue for him to go down. cult classics these albums at the time and also this the music scene had changed so it was kind of welcome yeah well that's, to that's have, 94 95 yeah even yeah like, i mean especially like with, in america when these these albums i remember when they came out seeing them advertised at burn magazine mm. and they had gotten really big uh big write-ups not that i was able to read them but you could see <laughs> you could see the you could see the score yeah they, they give them 91s <laughs> and stuff so you knew they had to be good yeah so um yeah it was it it, it was a real welcomed addition to his uh, back catalog that he went in, in a direction of like really like those great kind of progressive metal bands of you know the mid to late 80s from the u.s yeah 
what was your of the two Siam albums? We had uh, Language of Menace was 1994, the debut, and then you had Prayer 1995, the following year. What what did do you have a favorite? Of, I think of probably the, two? the first one. Really? Yeah. I, I actually was listening to him and revisiting him a little bit as we were preparing for this. And I actually think the second prayer. one, Prayer, actually. You know, I'd have to go better. back and listen. These were albums that I killed when they came out. I mean, I probably listened to them 20, 25 times, but have not really gone back to them in a while. I, I remember them. Yeah. But I, I'd probably have to revisit them to see which one I like better. They're very similar in style um, to each other. Yes, yeah. He definitely had had an agenda of what he wanted to do, and I, I give him a lot of credit because he not not only didn't change his style, but he kind of went somewhere that he hadn't been before, right? In terms yeah. of like that technical melodic USA metal, yeah, what they kind of sounded like. Oh yeah, and it, like you said, his voice fit perfectly because it really did. Yeah. When you you realize listening to this style of music, you almost you're saying, "Wow, he really does have that Jeff Tate sort of thing Absolutely. going on." So it was interesting, you know, when you're coming from something with Shy, where he had the helium vocals, yeah, it was like you know. Whereas this is a little more, you know, it's definitely more edgy and and totally different style. There was so. a, another USA band called Pavlog's Dog. A lot of this album, they they came out around the same times, but again, it was very similar. In style, and it was almost like an American uh, USA yeah. metal album. Um, at that point, I guess this is mid '90s, and then he kicks around for a few years, and it was sort of what the end of the '90s that he kind of got back into shy. At that point, or, yes, that's yeah. when um, there was a kind of a barrage of shy material. Yeah, well, there was two two albums, right? Um, that came out kind of back to back. Generation, right? yeah. And let the hammer let fall. The hammer fall. And they were basically yeah. what de- demo albums or leftover songs. They were supposedly all songs that would yeah never used before. I mean, um, and, and they weren't. There's a lot of them. Yes, yeah. there's a lot. I mean, of I, when album, I say supposedly, right? it's not that I'm doubting that. It's just it's it was just such a deluge of material that that just seemed to appear. I, I don't know how much recording that they did, you right. know, uh, back in the day. But the, these two albums were overall very good. A lot of a lot of a lot tracks of, on each, right? Yeah, yeah, and a lot of good songs. Yeah, a lot of stuff that was just okay. I mean, to me, it was very hard to digest at the time. Uh, so this was it, stuff that was probably left over from the beginning up till the point he. Well, left that's the in, thing. You, you know, you yeah. got to kind of like listen to it and figure out what errors. Yeah, some of this um, stuff was was recorded, but it was a nice introdu- introduction back to uh, you know Tony Mills being with the band, and there was. Like I said, a, a lot of stuff that came out within, I I want to say like about a 99, yeah, like with about basically within a year. Within Yeah, within the same yeah. year probably, yeah. And I remember those coming out and uh, yeah, and it was kind of like his introduction to the band, coming back into the band, like you said. And, and then he, he basically, at that point, I mean, the band was back with him, but they did like, he, he started doing some solo albums too, not right. too long after that, right? Um, I remember the Cruiser album, which was his uh, debut solo album from 2002. From the highest mountain till the sea divides, I'll keep the faith
uh, I, I love that album. I remember, I, and it's a funny story, and I'll, I'll go off a little bit on something here, but I, yeah. I remember at the time when that album came out, uh, I had was working and, and just was really busy with our job. And so I was working weekends, and sometimes I'd go in on like Sundays. And I was, of course, in the office by myself, and I used to have a little CD player on my desk. And it was around that time that the Cruiser album came out. And I remember just putting that in and listening to that over and over and over many times and, and really just love that album. I thought yeah, I like it, too. That was a, a great album. Yeah. Great songs. Great song. it, it sounded like a, like a good shy record. Yeah. I mean, it harkened back to yes. that sort of the, the melodic yes. uh, hard rock, a little AOR in there. And stuff. It was and, a great period. If you were a fan of him, this was a great period because there was just so much stuff coming out. Yeah. You know, they had put out all those those albums that we were just talking about. And then this, which had a very shy feel to it, this album. Well, it was funny because that, that came out in 2002, as, right. as did the ago. Unfinished Business Shy album right. the same year. Right. So you said there's like this deluge of material yeah. coming out with him on it. And, you know, you have two two of these old demo type mm-hmm. albums. And, and then a year or two yeah. later, you have a, a solo album. You have a new Shy album. Uh, what, what did you think about The Unfinished Business? That, I like that album a lot. Yeah. yeah. There was two, two albums there that they put out in that period. And that was sort of like the new... Yes, the new new revamping of Shy, I guess, or the yeah. you know, and and that was after they put these these demo albums out. They come out with Unfinished Business, and then uh, two three years later, there was Sunset and Vine, right? So th- there's two albums right there that are like the the comeback of Shy. And yeah, they, they were strong. I mean, it was Sunset and Vine, in my opinion, is their best album. that i yeah. thought it was the songwriting his vocals yeah for me if i we're not ranking all these right. albums tonight but if i had to rank something above everything else it would be that album interesting yeah no i, I would definitely agree i think those those both those albums i think were had really strong songs on them they were uh yeah unfinished business is very good and yeah. 
sunset is yeah yeah it's an, it was a new era of shy basically yeah. at that point yeah, um, it's great, great the songwriting is just incredible on that album and the guitar playing yes yeah he's a was a very underrated guitar player yeah you know, steve like, harris it's funny you know you talk about it, you said mentioned it's like everybody steve harris iron maiden no you know this is this is steve harris from a shy. very <laughs> very underrated player and I think maybe because they weren't like a quote-unquote metal band that people didn't pay attention to the guitar playing. But if you listen to him, yeah, tremendous player. Yeah, very melodic, very technical, very tasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrote some not only great songs but terrific leads. Really, a huge loss to tremendous loss to the melodic rock community when he passed away. Yeah, I mean, well, we we're talking about Tony Mills, and I'm you know anybody who's listening to this that even knows Tony Mills just a little bit, obviously. I mean, he passed away a few years ago, um, but prior to that, yeah, Steve Harris. It was at 2011. Uh, the guitar player from Shia, yeah, he yeah. passed away himself. So, yeah, I mean, you, you've got really, you know, the voice and the guitar of the band yeah. now gone, unfortunately. But before uh, Steve Harris passed away in 2011, and at that point, I mean, Tony Mills, he left um, after the Sunset and Vine album 2005. 2006, he joined TNT, yes, the Norwegian band, uh, you know, famous Ronnie Latecro, Tony Harnell. Uh, but he came on board. Uh, he ended up recording three albums with the band. Three studio um, albums, yeah. But, but getting back to, just to close out the Shy period, in 2011, the band released uh, another album just without... Just Shy. Yeah, just self-titled Shy without Tony Mills on it. With Lee Smalls. Lee Small was the singer. And that, actually, you turned me on to that not all that long ago. Turned a lot of people on to this. That album is, and you know, I know we're talking about Tony Mills, but that, that album is unbelievably good. Um, Lee Small, and you, you said it, as soon as you said it. it sounds it, like Glenn Hughes. Glenn Hughes. Just, it sounds exactly like Glenn Hughes. And the, the songs on that album. And the and production. I, unbelievable. The production. Yeah, is everything on ridiculous. that album is, is, is just top yeah, quality. It really is. And that class. is a great, great album. I, I don't want to say it's their best album because yeah. it's kind of silly to say that's their best without Tony Mills. Yeah. But it's close. It's, it's right it up there with Excess and, 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 uh, Sunset, Sunset and Vine, yeah. No, yeah. It, it's I mean, right it up is. There. It really is. It, you know, it's, and it's, it's that good. Yeah. The song, again, I mean, the, the songwriting was great. The production was incredible. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a different animal for sure. I yeah, mean, it, it, it is. And I, I, I don't, there's so many people that don't know this album. I was just uh, actually um, turned my, off uh, mutual friend uh, Vincent Lubrano onto this album. Okay. He, he wasn't aware of it and he was shocked at how good it was. Oh, I, I I remember it coming out, and I, I kind of you know blew it off because I'm like, oh, it's not right, it not doesn't Tony have, Mills. Right, I'm like, right, oh, you know, right. how good could it be? You know, like, and I just probably never gave it that chance. But but yeah, you when we talked about it just a couple months ago, and and I I kind of like went out and I started listening to it. And I was like, I couldn't stop listening to it. I'm yeah. like, this is a great album. So I mean, you know, I know we're talking about Tony Mills, but we had to mention that because you know the song "So Many Tears" on that album. It's one of the best. Oh yeah, songs no, it's every ever. song with the, is, with, with is the song great. with the moniker of Shy next to it. Yeah, so many tears. It's just an epic song that you you just you can't get enough. You don't want it to end. Yeah, yep. No, that's it's great stuff for sure. And it's worth talking about only because we are we've been entrenched in in Shy, and it's yeah. kind of uh, it's too good to just ignore because Mills isn't on it. Of course, yeah, no, definitely. So then at that point, you know, I, and I mentioned a minute ago, two thousand and six. Tony Mills joins TNT. Uh, Tony Arnell 
left. He was kind of in and out of the band, right, right for, for a period there in the 2000s. And finally, he just walked away, wanted to concentrate on some solo stuff, uh, you know, stay in America, kind of do his thing. Right. He, he was involved with that project with Mark Reale. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Westworld. Right? Westworld. Westworld yeah. Three three studios and a, and a, a, live. a live album. Yeah. That's another, uh, we could, you know, talk about Harnell and all his oh, yeah. machinations, but that was another great band that did. Yeah, that might be a good future episode. Yeah, that didn't get its its due. Did you see it? I got to see them live. Did you see them? Ever? No, I didn't. I got to see them down in uh, Jersey here, Stone's Throw Away from where we're recording right now Stone at Birchill. 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 Yeah, they played there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I got to see that. No, I, I did not see them. Okay. Yeah, they didn't do a lot. I mean, I know no, they I know. played a handful of shows. I know. I, I, I got to ask Phil if he saw them, but I, I don't think he did either. But uh, but going yeah, going back to let, let's talk a little bit about the the TNT period with with Tony Mills because I know it's kind of like something we were just talking about it before we started recording. Uh, there's three albums that he did right. with the band. Uh, the first two are kind of like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, weird, weird writing, which Latecro, when left to his own devices, usually goes in that direction. Exactly. Everybody heard Vagabond. Yep, and exactly. Other, uh, but although the Vagabond stuff I did like. Yeah, um, with Yorn Long. Yorn, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. when Yorn was good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I had a hard time with Mills being in that band. I, I don't like when a name singer who's very identifiable in a band leaves and another identifiable guy jumps in. I'd rather a no-name. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't like that pairing at all. I didn't really see that working. Uh, but I gave it a shot. And then when I got the first album, very disappointed. Not yeah. in Mills, but the songs. I, I didn't think it was good. No, not at all. The second album was particularly good. Yeah. Third album was Better, I guess the best of the three. Never let your freedom go. a very awkward fit I, I i really didn't i you know t tnt without harnell and and diesel doll too i mean right. it's really not tnt and i i, I kind of felt like mills almost like dumbed himself down by being in that because he had to sing the harnell songs and everybody always wanted harnell to sing those songs and then he had to sing these crappy new songs mm. that latecro wrote yeah and I, I don't know. It, it never set well with me. I was very glad once he finally got out of that mess and they stopped calling it TNT and you know, yeah. he was put to bed. 
It's weird because I, I always thought like I before, you know, when, when he first got announced as the new singer and I was like, to me, knowing his past and knowing his vocal style, I was like, wow, it's a, it's a perfect fit, you know? Well, vocally, yeah. And I mean, they're two guys that sing in those super high, high register, pitched, yeah. you know, vocals. And I'm like, but it just, yeah, right from the start, those first two albums. I like mean, I not, think the, the material is what, is what ruined it. I don't yeah. think, you know, I, I think, but the problem with. Mills is he has such an identifiable voice. Yeah. He's one of the few handful of guys that the moment he sings, you know it's him. Yeah. So to, to pass his vocals off in TNT was just, you know, it it it, it just never sat well with me. And then the, the the crappy material that he had to sing, it was just an awkward fit. And I've seen the live videos and DVDs, and I it, to me it was always cringeworthy that he had to to sing. Yeah, in that band that just didn't fit. Then, no, and I'd feel the same way if Harnell was singing in, in shot. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, the last album they did, the third album with with him, um, was a, a farewell to arms uh, in most of the world. But I think it was called Engine. I was going to say it was called some, yeah. somewhere in other parts of the world. Uh, that was probably the best thing they did with him. They, they got a little bit back more to the traditional TNT sound. I thought it had some good songs on it. it, it. I it remember did. at the it time. It did. It was definitely the best of the three. Oh, no for sure. About it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think it was particularly great, but no. it was. I don't know whether it was done on purpose because the other two didn't Bombed do that so well. Much. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't follow it all that closely when he was... By that point. Yeah. I mean, if they had come out of the gate with maybe that album really as the first album, album or something it would have been yeah, like, okay, we're building I, on something. I, I pretty but. much was just waiting for it to end. Yeah, at that point it was. It was kind yeah. of like, yeah, that's just what it was. So we talked about, you know, we talked about Shy, obviously. We've talked about TNT. Uh, we talked about Siam. Uh, but... Tony Mills is a guy that has done <laughs> a plethora, right, of of stuff. I mean, other bands, other projects, things he sang, you know, so, a handful of songs on things. He yeah, sang he's always been very in demand. Um, he's been able to reinvent himself. Uh, he's was so talented that he could sing different styles. He sang uh, metal. He sang AOR. He sang a lot of hard rock. Yeah, he's put out some. Eclectic stuff, eclectic too, stuff, that different even things. It wasn't that, that good. His vocals still sounded good. Kind of like a poor man's Jeff Scott Soto in a way. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. In t- in terms of uh, exposing his voice yeah. out there, and not not his known name, you know, yeah. as, as maybe most people East in America might know a Jeff Scott Soto a little more. But you know, a guy well, like the, the, the funny thing so with much. Soto is to this day he's just recognized for being on those Malmsteen albums, yeah. which both albums, if you put them together, there may have been. One album's worth of vocals. Vocally, yeah, songs where you know, sang. So yeah. as as much as I, I I love Soto, he he's built a you know like a forty year career almost just being on yeah. two albums with Malmsteen. Everything after that was all under the radar stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, well, yeah. as good as like Talisman was, right? It was, Talisman, it was European, and Cuny, you know, and Axel Rudy Pell. I mean, he was an Axel Rudy Pell when Axel Rudy Pell wasn't like. You know, didn't have a thousand albums, and everybody knew who he was. Yeah, and uh, he was on. He was in CUNY, and you know, it's just uh, the Talisman, which is the, the de- definitely the the best unknown band. Yeah, in, he, he in probably the last thirty years of yeah. Uh, hard rock. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the things. Is there some things that stand out to you? We we talked about before we went on. I know for me, I was personally kind of like focusing on on certain aspects or certain albums that beyond the shy beyond tnt the big stuff um there was stuff there was an album or a band by name of serpentine 
that Tony Mills sang with. He did two albums with them, right? That they would were, uh, easily think be a, probably a Welsh my favorite stuff. Or, that or from Wales, maybe, or something? Yes. Or, uh, young kids, yeah. right? And yeah, well, the young guys, yeah. I mean, they looked like in, yeah, not kids, in, but. in their, in their mid, mid to later 20s, yeah. I guess. Love of the future Never again will I turn back I got no love in my sights Into the white out of the black There is nothing more now Nothing understands in my will I got the whole world in my hands Gonna keep it that way That was easily, I would say, my favorite stuff outside of Siam material would be Serpentine, especially the first one. Yeah. Second no, one's real good, too. It's, it's real keyboardy, oh, very uh, AOR-y. You know, very... I mean, I think I, I think he was pretty much a hired voice on this. Yeah, yeah um, that, I would say so. I mean, the band was, was probably a bunch of, you know, guys that were together and need, needed a singer or, or something, you know. And right. They called on him and uh, hired him, hired him up, you know. But yeah, no, those are two two really good, really strong albums. Great, really playing, good. His great vocals songs. are so good. Uh, Whatever heartache is just a phenomenal song. Lonely nights. Uh, Whatever heartache, a touch of heaven. Let love rain down. I, it's just you know, and he does a cover on Break My Heart. Great record. Yeah, great stuff. Now those uh, those albums came out around 2010, 2011, yeah. and right around that same time, he did something else that was really strong: uh, the State of Rock. Oh, albums, that's another great uh, record, yeah, which is I, basically the yeah. guys from Frontline, yep. right, with yep, Tony yep, Mills yep. singing. That's another terrific record. I almost forgot that, so I shouldn't say this is the strong. <laughs> that the, the State of Rock, I would put almost on the same level as um, as the Serpentine records. Yeah, now, yeah. I remember a lot of people at that time. Uh, when that came out, I remember a lot of people talking about, oh, you know, album of the year at that yeah, point. really good. Well, Robbie Bobble was the main guy on this. Yeah, guitar player yeah. from, from front I think he wrote most of it. Yeah. He's a terrific songwriter. I'm
funny because Frontline, their was it the debut album was State of Rock, right? Right. Unbelievably good album, by the way. One oh, of my yeah, favorites, no, that, that one of my personal all time favorites. That's the first sure. Frontline. Oh, the right. first Frontline is unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like uh, it was very uh, bonfire. Oh, just yeah, vibe bonfire with a different t- you know, little different bon style singer, style. Yeah. You know, yes, more Bon Jovi meets Bonfire, Americanized. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That Frontline, the early front, all the Frontline stuff was good, but the early stuff was real good. Yes, real yeah. good. Oh yeah. Great singer, yeah, the singer. Yeah, that guy was a real Steve, good singer. Steve too. Perry sounding, yep, yep, you know, a yep, little he bit. He did sound German, a lot like Steve Perry. You know, now, German, not not a German accent to be to be heard for the most yeah, part. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. We talk about we we talked about that with a lot of the, the some of the German singers have that either you have a, a really endearing accent or you have something that's just cringeworthy. Well, that's always been for me like the difference between a lot of German bands. Yeah, um, the vocals. You know, and some some guys could ha- some some of the German guys do have an accent, and it's it's something cool about it. And yeah. some some of them do, and it's not so cool. Right? Yeah. No, we, we talked about that with like a Klaus Lessman from uh, Bonfire. You know, yeah, he, he's got Lessman, a, a good accent, heavier accent, but but he it's had a heavier accent than actually a lot of other guys in now. lesser bands. Yeah, did but the, Bonfire was a weird band because they just had something about them. If you listen to them. Like it really tear it apart. It really wasn't great, but in it, the whole thing put together, there was something oh, great yeah. about it. No, that's that's a, they're a favorite of mine for sure. I mean, so I, I liked them even better when they had Angel Schleifer on. Yeah, guitar. yeah, yeah. That was the early, a little but, earlier, mid mid period. Yeah, as you would call it, right? But yeah. So what other what other things from um, uh, well, well, one that I think I was already? just telling you before he sang on a. Um, a long-standing older um, Italian band called Crying Steel who got back together. More I'm not familiar with that at all. Metallic sound. Some a little more metally. Yeah. yeah, but um, what year was that released? It's not that old, really. Uh, 2018. Oh, wow, that's, yeah. that's pretty current. Yeah, it's very good. stumbled across this but and that's just a self-titled album no title to uh it. this is called stay steel but it's an older band they had stuff out in the 90s and they just kind of got back together with some of the original members and hired him as a uh, as the voice yeah. I, I don't know if he toured with them i i really don't know that or, or not I, I couldn't speak to that but yeah it, i i thought it was really good this the material was good and um uh, again 
now he's singing more like you know pretty much straight out metal and yeah. um, it, it was good what do you think and I, I, I was telling you and I, I listened to an interview with Tony Mills from 10 so years ago uh, just recently and I, 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 when you think about Tony Mills and what he's done in his career you know he's had the shy uh, earlier was a little more like you said that new wave of British heavy metal on the debut then they went to more of like almost like an, an AORE sort of you know British right. but what do you think he was as far as because he he did some stuff like the Siam he did stuff like you, you mentioned right now with this more metal but he was probably like I mean maybe was he pigeonholed into like the AOR more melodic because of his voice do you think he maybe enjoyed doing a little more of the metal and a little heavier harder stuff like the cyan yeah well i mean some of the tnt stuff was challenging i mean some of that stuff I, i've seen it live that was pretty heavy yeah you know a real uh outrageous guitar player is that stuff live was was pretty heavy he had the, the chops to cut it I, I don't know i never really got that feel from him as to really what his own personal preference or niche style was. yeah well, you look at, I mean, because the reason I raised that question is because we were talking, just look at his his solo albums. Now, he he's released six solo albums, and you have everything from, like, 80s, late 80s, hard rock, AOR-sounding stuff to, like, some more, like, he had an album, um, Vital Designs, was his third solo album, 2008. And that's almost like, it could be like a... Uh, an offshoot of like Siam, like it had a little bit of like an aggressive, yeah, an aggressive, progressive, aggressive, progressive, progressive uh, yeah. type of sound. The album cover had that uh, look to it too, feel you know, to it, yeah, shades and. After that was um, was over my dead body, a very weird sort of album, right? Like a yes. very eclectic, some like eclectic songs yes. and, and strange sort of stuff going on there. That's another one that I I have. I remember listening to it at the time. I I, I actually kind of liked it, but it really? wasn't. I never I never took to it for some. Yeah, reason. it's not something I'd go back to with any regularity. Yeah, you know, he was. If you look at his whole career, he. He was all over the place. I mean, his vocals were always in demand. I mean, we're not even going to go over all the things that he sang one song on. Right. He sang backup vocals on oh probably God, yeah. a, a, easily a hundred different albums. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of real obscure bands. Uh, one or two of them, I, I can't even think off the top of my head that he sang a song on one of each of their albums. And I mean, I have a good part of their stuff. There was the... Uh, 
album by an artist called uh, Dale Screaming for Silence. Okay, I remember you telling yeah, me about that's, that. Yeah, that's good ago. stuff. Again, a little on the progressive side, but his vocals on it were terrific. He sang on the, the whole thing. Talk about mega obscure. Yeah, really <laughs> obscure. I mean, D-A-L-E, Dale. That's Dale. Just the name of the That's just the name of it. And um, <laughs> I guess somewhere along the line, I saw somewhere that advertised that he was the singer on it, and I took a chance with it. And it's actually good. I, I like that album. Total indie release that yeah. no one really... What was that, a, a European thing that was, came out in uh, England? Yeah, or? yeah it's, I think it's actually an independent. Independent, yeah. Yeah. Place Dale is the uh, is the guitar player. Uh, there was the which we were talking about the China Blue, which oh, that yeah, got kind right. of you know I mean that was I believe on Frontiers yeah yeah well I think that was actually like an Eric Ranio uh, project that was yes. I think he had that band or at least the idea of something like that many years I mean, ago I remember reading that somewhere and yeah. he pulled in a bunch of guys I me mean, he had um, the guitar player but he had the um, Ronnie Smith from uh, right. Xenon played right. on that. Right. You know, Tony Har- uh, Tony Harnell, Tony Mills, of course, sang on the whole album. Um, but that, yeah, that was that was actually a pretty decent album. Yeah, what it I is. Just uh, Phil Vincent writes on this album. Too. Oh, okay, yeah. That. yeah, Phil Vincent. Yeah, I forgot that too. Yeah, but that's something he did. That was um, when did that come out? That was two thousand, around two thousand and eight or so. So that was yeah, it was in the middle yeah. of he was doing everything. I mean, he had TNT going on. He had this. He had no. Solo he was a voice for hire. He had yeah. yeah he mean, had everything going on. I, I think at this point he kind of relegated himself to that's who he was going to be. You know, he he got remarried. Seemed to be very happy relocated and i think uh i think his days of touring and going on the road were kind of behind him in terms yeah. of his new lifestyle and his new wife there was also this northern um northern light project that i was oh, telling yeah. you about that's that's actually a really good record and that he, he sings uh, a few songs on that or yeah and there's uh frederick uh berg sings on this fergie appears on this oh, wow. frederickson chemo bloom is on it rob moradi is on it Oh wow! Michael Erlinson is on it. Yeah, it's it's a really good, strong. Uh, Tortali plays uh, guitar on it. They're very good record. Interesting. Kind of goes under the radar. Yeah. They're all really good melodic hard rock. We were talking about the uh, Streets of Change. Yeah, well, let's, let's touch on that. the The last two uh, Tony Mills solo albums were Streets of Change 
or Streets of Chance, was it? Streets of Chance? Streets of Chance. Streets of Chance and Beyond the Law. Um, what were your feelings? I know I, we talked about this. The Streets of Chance was, it's an awesome album. Terrific. It's song, the great songs. Are, the songs are, are brilliant and the vocals. Uh, I, I don't know exactly when Tony's, you know, medical problems, his health was was at the forefront. It, yeah. it, it might have been even around this time, but you'd never know it by... By listening to him, because one of his great vocal performances, vocals are oh, yeah. on this album. Yeah, it really and, is. Um, the songs all, all the way through are great. Like the first song, Scars, When the Lights Go Down. The second song, Legacy, Battleground. It's a terrific, terrific. I, I would put this way up at the top of, you know, the things he's, he's done, done outside yeah. of outside of Shy. Very, yeah. very high at the top. Props for I love that album cover, by the way. I do too. <laughs> I think it's a yeah, great, great album. I do too. Cover. It's really, really cool piece. Yeah. Put out on uh, Battle God Productions. And then the last album, <clears throat> right before he, he and he, he kind of knew this. He was saying this, right, in in the press and stuff when he was finishing. Well, he up was definitely the, sick when he the was last album, he which was, was uh, Beyond yeah, the Law. Yeah. He was saying, yeah, this, this will be my last recorded, you know. Yeah project and last recorded album and everything so he knew that what that was a, a little bit i i don't know if i i got i mean i love the album prior to that streets of chance but beyond the law i didn't really get into as much it's it's i wouldn't say it's a concept album but it's the songs are kind of based about like on the prohibition era yes and in, in like the yes. 20s and 30s which is so strange because here's this british singer right doing this this album with songs all kind of based around like the 20s and 30s prohibition era in america and uh i, I don't know it's kind of like it's got some good songs it does but... you know when i first time the first time i listened to it i was mm, men's and men's on it you know that's what i kind of think i was a little disappointed too. it's it's good I would put it somewhere in the middle of his solo stuff. Yeah. He's definitely done a few things I liked less. Yeah. But uh, I, I wouldn't put it at, you know, I, I wouldn't put it with uh, middle of the road. 
So is there, is there other anything other than else that you want? I'm to getting tapped out. Bring on him. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's yeah. I thought this was kind of a cool episode to do this because, like you said, you know, we talked about it in the beginning, and and when you had kind of brought up this idea, it was just kind of more of a a free form thing, you know, because we we've done this over the years where we've gotten together at times and yeah. we've spent a few hours in an afternoon just talking about music, mm-hmm. and and it's right. kind of kind of a take on what what we do there. You know, so I thought this was kind of interesting to do an episode like this. And and we're definitely going to do it again. You know, I think just kind of be a little free form and just well, I think it's of, more enjoyable for us, too, because when a lot of our stuff is we try to be very structured and very detailed. Yeah. And then you're always under the gun of, you know, forgetting something or right. spending too much time on something and not enough time on something else where doing something like this is easier for us and maybe for whoever decides they would like to listen to it it's more like having a discussion than exactly having like a uh, like a class right yeah like exactly. a college right. lesson yeah, on, yeah. Uh, on yeah. europe or oh well when, when we do all those discography discussions it's right. like i spend days and right. i make no, these it's, lists it's, up and the my notes and everything and the albums and the release years and it, the players on it and the producers it's and, more like hanging out in a record store and right talking about uh you know, bands like stuff that we used to do years ago. Spend yeah. The whole afternoon talking about different albums. And right. It's what makes this music that we love so much fun because there's so much of it. And uh, it, it's, I've always kind of liked the idea that it flies under the radar. You know, it's it's tough for the artists a lot, you know, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way that I don't like to see people become successful, but uh, there is something cool about all these great artists that are just, virtual unknowns in ter- in terms of the the great scope of things oh yeah uh, definitely it's it's still to this day kind of an underground type of uh, music you yeah. know which you know it's kind of cool yeah so yeah i mean that, that was our our episode talking about uh, the british uh, vocalist tony mills uh we unfortunately lost him in 2019 but I'll tell you, there's no shortage of work. Uh, if you no. want to, if you're not familiar with him, or you're only familiar with certain aspects of his career, there's so much out there to look into. You know, uh, Wikipedia is your friend, or you know, go on uh, Discogs or something, and and just no, type really, in his name really. and, and see all the stuff he's done and he sang on, and and check it out. You know, there's there's a lot of good stuff beyond the the main bands like Shy and and. TNT and, and everything else that he's done. I mean, just there's so much stuff to. to I mean, check if I had out. to pick two things for anybody that really was not, I, I would say Shy Excess and uh, Sunset Sunset and Vine. And Vine those yeah. two, because I, I think they're the two best Shy albums, and that was his signature band. Yeah, definitely. So that's those. That's where I would start and take it from there. Yeah, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, we definitely want to know because this is something new that we tried today, and we said, uh, you know, let's see. You know, hit us up on our Facebook page or, or something. Let us know. Band. Any any singers we could, you know, tear apart their, their careers and discographies. And, exactly, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any band that we, uh, or, or artist that we couldn't do, so. So, uh, so that was our latest episode, and uh, we'll be back um, soon with a brand new episode. And uh, like I said, we hope you enjoyed this one. So check us out on, uh, you know, YouTube. So follow us along, subscribe there. Follow us on our Facebook page, and uh, we got all our links there. You'll see when we post this. And uh, yeah, check us out on any any of your streaming platforms. You listen to us on Spotify and Apple Music, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, so we hope you guys enjoyed this one, and uh, we'll be back with a new episode soon.